The following sermon is from Redemption Bible Church of New Braunfels, where we are proclaiming the authority of God's Word without apology, in order to fulfill the Great Commission in the spirit of the Great Commandment. Us, the Lord, it's pointing out those things. Yes, you're saved. Yes, you're in me. But man, how you speak to your wife is not really great. Oh, I'm convicted. And so God deadheads that part out so I can be a better man, a better follower of Christ, a better husband or whatever it may be. But we don't like that process. But what that does is it means that I can bear more fruit. It's so important to us because apart from that main stem, we can't do anything. So spiritually speaking, the same is true, right? Just as we see in agriculture, just as we see in horticulture of growing plants and things, just as we see these things now in our spiritual life, that if you're disconnected to Christ, what can you do? Nothing. Disconnected from the true vine, you can do anything. But, and, and this really flies in the face of we who are independent Texans, right? We want to do things on our own. No one can tell me what to do. Don't put laws on me. Don't give me rules or guidelines. Like I can do it on my own. But don't miss this, beloved, because this is the secret. What are you attempting to do on your own in your own life? In your own life? What are you attempting to do? What are you disconnected from the Lord? Because what does nothing include? It includes everything, right? This is an all-inclusive statement. And so you have a blank there on your notes if you're taking notes. And I want you to write down something. Maybe the Lord's brought something to your mind. Like, yeah, this thing, my business, or how I'm raising my kids, or well, I'm trying to find a spouse, or whatever's happening. And you know what? I haven't submitted that to the Lord. I'm disconnected from him. I haven't prayed about it. I haven't sought his word about it. I haven't sought godly counsel. But how can we do that? How can we do any of those things, let alone plant a church? If we're disconnected from the Lord. So what does nothing include for you? Take a moment. Fill in your blank. Submit it to the Lord. Because nothing includes everything. But beloved, we have to stay connected to the vine. We have to stay connected to the true vine. And so verses 7 and 8 here. He brings us home. He's saying, now, if you do this, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Look at this. He says, ask whatever you wish. That's a pretty big thing, right? It will be done for you. He says, by this, my father is glorified. Well, that's what we want to do, right? That's a part of our mission. I want to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission. That's why we as a church exist, to glorify God. We want to see this happen. We want to bear fruit, right? We want to... Prove to be my disciples and make more disciples. But maybe this is what you're, what you're asking now. Maybe, well, how do we do this, right? How, how do we abide? Who uses abide on a regular basis in their vocabulary? Not me. But it is a, a biblical word. It means to remain, to stay connected. You may have heard me using these words uh, interchangeably. To abide in Christ, to stay connected to Christ. How do we do this? How do we remain connected? You got any ideas? How do we abide in Christ? And how do we stay in Christ's presence? He's gone. He's not physically here. So how do we, how do, we do this? Well, we as a church, we say this in three ways. Okay? 
We say this in three ways. You may have even noticed it on a banner out in the hallway because this is so important. This is what a mature disciple looks like. This is what we do, and this is how we stay connected to Christ. We worship Christ. We do this both individually and corporately. We do this on an ongoing basis in our own life. Worship is more than just singing songs. All right? It's definitely a part of it. But to worship Christ is to ascribe him worth, the glory that is due his name, that which only belongs to him. And so we do that daily, just in our adoration, just in, through how we pray, just in, in through what we do with our time, talent, and treasures, how we work in our jobs, how we are in school. So we do that on an ongoing individual basis. We do that corporately as well. That's why we come together on a Sunday. So we can put our worship into the collective pool of worshipers that gather in this place for the glory of God. We also say it like this, we walk with Christ. We walk with Christ. We do this, again, on our own. Our daily Bible reading, our daily time in His Word, our daily time through devotions, our daily time through prayers, just ongoing, regular intake of God's Word. Jesus said man doesn't live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that comes from the mouth of God. And those things have been recorded here for us. And so we're walking with Christ on an ongoing basis and also in a corporate basis. In being here in small groups and walking with one another, living life together, being accountable to one another, doing mutual ministry with one another, bearing one another's burdens, rejoicing with those who rejoice. We're walking with Christ, doing the things that he has told us to do Abiding in him. So we worship Christ, we walk with Christ, and we also work for Christ. Again, individually in the things that God has called us to do and gifted you to do, and also collectively as a body of believers, pooling our uh, giftedness together, shouldering weekly kingdom responsibility together as a church. This is how we glorify God. This is how we stay connected. These are the things that we get the great privilege to do as God's beloved children. He said, you can connect to me. We haven't been totally disconnected. We are still a part of the true vine. And so now it's our great joy to worship Christ, to walk with Christ, and to work for Christ together for his glory. And as we do these things, we are glorifying God and, and bringing the glo- him the glory due his name. And then as we do those things, then that's when God shows up. That's where, where God does his work in and through us for his glory and the good of one another. We do these things, glory comes up. We then come and preach God's word as we worship and as we pray and as we witness and tell people the gospel, then God shows up because he's promised to do so. He said that he will, and that's what we want to be about. We bring God glory. He then shows up. His manifest presence is here in redemption, sanctification, transformation. All those great things happen. We become more like Christ. That's what this life is about. That's what we want to happen. That's what we want this church to be about. So we must abide in Christ's presence through his spirit, doing these things connected to what Christ told us to do. Did you notice here in verse 9 now, look back at your scriptures, that Jesus takes us a step further in 
He's saying, not just abide in me, not just as if I'm in the room or like you're around me or whatnot, but he takes us a step further in. And he says this, abide in my love. This is the secret to our success. This is the secret to how we do anything in this life. We, not, we abide in Christ's presence, but we also abide in his love. Look at here. He connects us to the perfect love that the Father has for the Son. The perfect love, the complete love that exists within the Trinity. The Father for the Son, the Son for the Spirit, each for one another. That that perfect love is ours to experience as well as we connect to Christ. It is our great joy to experience these things. And notice this paradigm shift here in verse 10. He gives this command. He says, abide in my love. And so how do we do that? Well, again, he says this. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Mind blown, right? Because what do we normally think about when we, when we hear rules or commandments or, or, or things that we must adhere to? We immediately like buck against them, right? It's like, I don't want to do that. Who are you to tell me to do these things? I don't want to, like, you can't tell me what to do. Independencies, the rules, the laws, the commandments as restrictive and constraining. Dependent ones upon the Lord see them as protective and as expressions of love. I mean, we see this with children, right? You raise up children, you set boundaries, you give them expectations, and if they adhere to them, it's because we love them, right? Don't go there, don't go in the street because you, there's danger out there. And when they adhere to them, it's actually for their great joy, right? You give children boundaries and they know what to do. If you don't give them boundaries, if part of our experience, ministry experience has been many years in the summer camp environment. If you don't give, you know, a whole pile of young kids any sort of boundaries or expectations, watch all chaos break out, right? That's really all. That was the secret to camp is just organized chaos, you know, just trying to manage people or manage children. No boundaries, no expectations. They go wild. Give them even just a few boundaries. Hey, you can go as far as this. You can do this. Here are the things that you can do. Great joy. Great fun was had, you know? Or maybe you, maybe you've started a new job and, uh, you know, you started there, you walked in and uh, it was just kind of free reign, right? Like, Hey, show up and, but where, where's my desk? What time do I need to show up? What are the social things within this office? What's, you know, where do I not go? Where, what do I do? What's allowable? How do people interact? When you go in, there's this, like, there's, there's like some anxiety. There's all chaos can break loose. But when there's just like, Here's the HR packet. Here's some expectations. Here's what you need to do when they follow them. It's for your protection, for your productivity. It's so that you can all be on the same page. God's commandments, his rules, his laws for us are that same way. They're for our protection. They're for our productivity. They're because he loves us. Not because he wants to restrict us or because he wants to be a killjoy or because he wants to, you know, to squash all of our, 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 our fun. But it's because he loved us. And we have to take an opportunity here. We have to see this here because who's the only one that kept all the commandments perfectly? All right. So Jesus did. Have you and I kept all the commandments perfectly? No. But Christ did. And that's what perfectly qualified him 
to be the sacrifice for our sin. He was the only one that could do what the law required. He was the only innocent one that has ever walked the face of this earth. And yet what happened to him? He was unjustly killed and paid the ransom. He was the redemption for our sin, for the things that we did to offend God. And yet in a great act of love, he paid the penalty. And now we have access. So Romans 5 says, now he is our introduction into the grace by faith in which we stand now with the Father. This is the gospel. This is the good news that redeems mankind. This great gospel, the one that, who fulfilled all the commandments. And it is ours for the experiencing. It is ours to be plugged in, to be grafted into the true vine when we respond in repentance and faith to Christ. When we say, God, you know what? I can't do this on my own. I can't save myself. I can't live the abundant life both here and for eternity with you. I cannot do that on my own. And I know that I've fallen short, but there is one. There is one name, there is one who has done it, and he did it on my behalf for his glory and my great salvation. And so my faith is in that man. It's in that name. It's Jesus Christ. And that is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ that this pulpit will always proclaim. If you've not responded to that, today is the day to do so. Today is the day of salvation. So there's no like magic words that you have to uh, say. You don't have to walk an aisle. You can do that even where you are and say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I can't do this, but I know that you did. And so I want in on that. Let me be in on that. If you pray that prayer, if you do that immediately after the service, I want to see you. I want to see you. I want to celebrate with you. Because when you do that, the whole host of heaven is celebrating with you. You think that what the worship that we experienced moments ago was awesome? Which, by the way, it was great. Praise the Lord. Great job, worship team. But there is more rejoicing in heaven when one sinner repents of his sin and turns to Christ. What a great day that is. What a great thing to experience. Jesus was the one you can abide in his love, in a world of hatred, in a world of chaos. I mean, I don't have to tell you about all that stuff. But you can abide in Christ's presence and his love. And this great love gives us great joy. Do you see that? He says, these things I have spoken to you. Look at verse 11. These things I have spoken to you that my joy, Jesus' joy in doing these commandments, Jesus' joy in living his years on this earth, Jesus' joy in knowing what is about to come in just a few short moments when he'd be betrayed and then beaten and then crucified, that my joy, he says, will be in you and that your joy may be full. Who wants in on that? Yeah, all y'all do. All y'all want to be in on that joy. Because you may have a fun-loving family and you may be a joyful person, but there is true fulfillment and joy in abiding in Christ and his love that can be found nowhere else. Nowhere else. That's what we want. That's why we do these things. And that's why we tether ourselves to this truth that I am loved by the God of the universe. It's a thing that we say here. And it's not just trite. It's a thing that we put on signs as you leave this campus because this is the resounding truth that you are loved. We can abide in the love of Christ all over 
your scriptures, you'll see this statement that the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. The steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. So we tether ourselves to this truth. You know, we as Redemption Bible Church, we, we cannot start off without these things as our foundation. We must be connected to Christ. Our only success is found in him. Our only success is found in the abiding presence of Christ. If Christ is not here and if Christ is not doing his work, I don't want to be here and neither should you. We want to be where Christ is working because his presence and his love is the difference maker. It's the difference maker. We look to nowhere else. We don't look to our fancy logo and all of our equipment and our signage and all those things. We don't look to those things, but we look to Christ. And if he leaves, so should we. If we are to accomplish the great commission, if we are to fulfill what Christ has called us to do, if we are to see lives change and redemption happen, if we are to see children and teens on fire for the Lord, if we are to see brokenness healed and Christians living out their uh, giftedness in their businesses, if we are to see the nations come to Christ, if we want to see the people that are moving to this area, the greater Austin, San Antonio area, but here in New Braunfels, if we want to see those people come to Christ, if we want to see more churches planted, if we want to see the lost saved, the saved matured, and the mature multiplied all to God's glory, then we must stay connected to Christ. For apart from him, what can we do? Nothing. Let's pray. God in heaven, it's you whom we love. It's you whom we are connected to. So we say this, faithful God, master gardener, author of life and growth, till up the soil of this city, revealing the idols of sin and self-sufficiency. May our resources, our time, wealth, hands, homes, and mouths be the tools of your planting. As you tuck away the seeds of grace into those we meet and welcome. Oh God who causes growth, germinate the seeds of truth in this city. Reveal your righteousness, man's sin, Christ's sacrifice, your holy welcome to rebels. In their inner being and call them to life. Give this church steady hands, faithful hearts, patient words as we work to sow your love and forgiveness. Just not grow weary of doing good, of the monotony of toiling, the thankfulness or lack of audience, the sacrifices of heart, wealth, and home. Seasons do not change overnight or an oak sprout immediately from an acorn. Give us a clear view of the end that we will toil, water, and weed with cheerful diligence and hope of the harvest to come. Give us roots that can sustain winds and drought and rain. Help us to faithfully weed out the enemies of your spirit, bitterness, envy, laziness, pride, and callousness that spring up in our own hearts. Oh, faithful God, give us the growth that your name may be honored and all men may know that there is but one way, one way for man to be saved. Christ holding all things together, image of the invisible, burden bearer who died in our stead and overwhelmingly conquered. Christ be exalted in this church.